This is the Side Hustle Show with Nick Loper, episode 18. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. This is episode 18 and it's a good one. Spencer Hawes from nichepursuits.com is here and we're going to talk about um, one of the most popular side hustles of today, which is building and monetizing niche websites. Now, Spencer is a leading authority in the space with a massive portfolio of niche sites to his name, as well as being the creator of the popular keyword research tool, Longtail Pro, and he's the author of the popular nichepursuits.com blog. Now, uh, I was somewhat familiar with Spencer's story uh, before, but I got a formal introduction from uh, Chris Guthrie from episode 14. So thanks for that, Chris. And if you stick around to the end of the show, you can learn how to get $30 off Spencer's keyword research tool, Longtail Pro. Uh, but first, let's take the time to uh, give the shouts for some new five-star iTunes reviews. Brian from CatalystMLM.com says, this is a stellar se- series featuring actionable advice to change your life. Christy Johnson says, I found this on a random search for dropshipping, LOL. Nick is a self-employed star in the making. And to that, I have to reply with some Jimmy Buffett lyrics. I don't want the fame that brings confusion where people recognize you on a plane. Serious bonus points if anyone knows that track. And Kai Davis from episode four says, (laughs) episode four of this very program, says five stars, one of the best podcasts on iTunes for entrepreneurs, small business owners, and side hustlers. Of course he likes it. He was on the show. So anyways, today's episode is all about very popular side hustle these days, which is building small niche websites around a very specific topic. Now, um, and then the strategies to get free traffic from Google and earn money from ad placement or affiliate referrals from those sites. And essentially, every site, I don't really love the name, like every site on the internet is kind of a niche site. Um, Even Google is like a niche site for searching for stuff. But um, in the interview, Spencer breaks down the very specific and detailed actions he takes and that you can use to replicate his process to build out a profitable, semi-passive income stream of your own. We cover everything from generating ideas, determining the search volume, figuring out if there's money in that niche, assessing the competition, picking a domain, building out the content, and getting your site to rank well in Google and much, much more. So tons of great resources. You can find all the links mentioned, as always, at sidehustlenation.com slash episode 18. And with that, let's dive right into it. Good morning, Spencer. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Hey, thanks, Nick. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. This is going to be an awesome episode. So Spencer runs kind of this three-headed monster of a business, managing a portfolio of dozens of small niche websites, selling the popular keyword research software, Longtail Pro, and sharing the inside scoop about everything at his highly trafficked blog, nichepursuits.com. But Spencer, let's kind of start off with a quick background. Take us back in time to how you got started as a side hustler and the steps that led to this point. Okay, yeah. Um, I started, like a lot of people, just looking uh, to do something on the side. Um, I was working full-time. I graduated with a degree in finance, so I was working in the financial services industry. Uh, But I was always uh, an entrepreneur at heart. 
Um, I actually tried a number of different little things uh, during college um, and things with my brother and friends. Um, but I was always uh, interested in the internet in particular. Um, when I was graduating from college, there was a lot of the dot-coms coming out, okay, eBay okay. <laughs> sort of just coming out and um so so i was always curious so i i started dabbling with trying to build uh websites and um almost as a hobby just to see if i could get get a website up and running online and um it pretty much failed my first couple of sites i didn't know what i was doing either didn't build it properly or certainly didn't really have a strategic plan um, but it got me started on this road. Sure. So, what was it? What was your first site attempt? So the very first site was uh, the first site of any significance. I I should say I I did have one site that I dabbled just to learn HTML. But the one that I really put some content on was a financial um, a, a financial blog, a personal finance blog that um, you know I was putting lots of great content out there. I was writing it myself and uh, it, it really didn't go anywhere. I don't think that I had uh, both the knowledge base and the commitment to the site itself to make it work. Okay. Um, so that was my first attempt. I, you know, I, I made a couple of uh, dollars here and there, um, but we're talking, you know, less than $50 a month was, you know, maybe my best month ever. Um, but that, but that got me into starting to understand what SEO was, how it worked. And it took me a couple of years really of education and learning till eventually I stumbled on this idea of building smaller niche sites, targeting these keywords that are easier to rank for. And, um, that's really what led to my success was then building those niche sites. Okay, so personal finance blog, very time intensive to come up with the content. And even though that may not have been a financial success, it was a invaluable learning experience that led to um, to this niche site idea. Definitely. So tell me about uh, worm farms. <laughs> worm farms are awesome. <laughs> no, um, so worm farms was, uh, I believe my very first niche site, small niche site, I built I built two right around the same time, one on worm farms and one on uh, Buffalo Nickels, actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> so very random. I, this, this was the point where I um, made a decision, um, you know, very um, deliberate decision. I sat down and I thought strategically, what do I want to do and how am I going to make money? And I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to build two small niche sites. Um, on worm farms and buffalo nickels that, you know, these are keywords that would be easy to rank for, that that I believe that I could quickly make a little bit of money. And so I did some research on worm farms and, and that site I did write all the content for the most part and uh, got it up and ranking very quickly and w- started making about $30 a month. Okay. And so, you know, that's not a huge financial success. But what I found is that after four or five months of not doing anything to the site, I was still making $30 a month each and every month. Okay. Passive income, worm farm, um, empire. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Well, (laughs) so the worm farms stayed at about that earning level, $30 to $50 a month or so. 
But I decided I could replicate the process. Okay, awesome. You know, maybe I wouldn't become the worm farm master, but I would become the niche site master, I guess, if you will. So I took it into other niches, um, other areas outside of worm farms and, you know, coins and um, just started doing that dozens and dozens of time times trying to build sites that would earn me 30 to $50 a month each and every month, whether I did anything or not. Okay. Uh, and that's exactly what I did over the next couple of years um, and built my portfolio up to many dozens of sites and was bringing in enough from this side business. I was making more than my you know day job um, as a as a banker okay. um, where, where I was making a good you know income um, was happy there but I was making more from my sites that um, I, I let it run for another six months or so, and every month I was earning more, so I quit my job. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I really like that point. Hey, you know, we're not out to be the world's foremost expert on worm farms or buffalo nickels, but we are excited about the process, and and this is a replicable process about building out these sites, kind of doing doing your homework, and we'll get into that, uh, finding a keyword that's easy to rank for versus going after um, you know, for example, in the personal finance niche, like, you know, best reward credit cards or something crazy mm-hmm. competitive um, and, and kind of making something happen from there. So what I guess on an ongoing basis, these sites don't require a ton of maintenance, kind of it's set it and forget it for the most part. Yeah, it is for the most part. Um, you know, I can build them and they'll, they'll rank and they're ranking there each and every month. Now, there's other sites that I do put more maintenance into that I want to grow and I feel like I can expand. Um, so there are a select few that I, you know, continue to add content to and put a little bit more work into. Okay. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. 
And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's talk about kind of the, the time required and um, like how much, you know, how much work does it take to make a site? Like how much content is a suitable um, site? Does Google still want to rank like a five page, um, you know, site without that much meat to it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, and sort of inserted into that question is maybe I need to give an explanation of the way I used to build sites and the way I now build sites. Okay. So, you know, this when I quit my job was in 2011. And so that was before the Panda and Penguin updates. And uh, you could get away with building, you know, five page sites or even less sometimes. And I did that, you know, many times um, and, and could rank very quickly, very easily. And you can still do that, um, but Google usually isn't quite as friendly to those sites. Um, you, you often won't stick at the top of Google if you just have um, sort of a thin content site, if you will. Okay. Um, and so now I put more effort into. So I usually start my sites out with about 15 or so pages of content um, that target this specific niche, which is actually a pretty decent amount for the type of niches that I'm covering. I mean, you can cover some topics very, very well with that amount of content. Sure, sure. Um, and so often that's all that, that you'll need. Um, but if I find sites that are earning more, um, like I have a public niche site on my blog. It's the site is about survival knives, um, and it's doing quite well. Um, you know, brought in about six hundred and fifty dollars last month, wow. and so with that, I'm reinvesting you know a hundred or one hundred fifty dollars each month into new content. Um, so I'll add five or ten pages more content each month. Okay, cool. Um, to, to grow it, so it, it all depends on the success of the site. Okay, cool. So is this uh, um, kind of what's what's your time commitment to setting up, say, this 15 page site? Are you writing all the content yourself or are you farming that out? So typically I will write the primary article, like the home page, um, which is the most important page, the, the page that's targeting my primary keyword. I will go ahead and write that article okay. um, to make sure it's done right and, and done well. Uh, and then the rest of the content, I'll hire somebody off of Elance or textbroker.com or, or somewhere, um, find an author that is knowledgeable on the subject. Um, like for my survival knife site, I asked for somebody specifically that was an expert in, you know, camping, hiking, and had experience with, you know, these different knives. Okay. Uh, so find somebody knowledgeable and yes, then I have them write the content. That's awesome. And so you can find probably on Elance pretty much, pretty much an expert in any, uh, in any area. It's amazing what you can find on Elance. I tell you, like I've put some pretty narrow descriptions. Like I want somebody that's been a flight attendant and, you know, also writes articles, you know, Awesome. and you find these people, they're out there. I was, I forget who I was talking to. They, 
were running like some sort of like medical marijuana site and mm-hmm. and they found this guy in Pakistan, some pothead in Pakistan. And he's just like in this is like his dream job, right? Like he gets to like smoke and just write about it all day long. And you know, he's like, see mom, you know, you said that never amount to anything. <laughs> it's all paying off now. It's all paying off. I love it. Um it's crazy though. Yeah, you can you can find lots of people there. Okay, cool. So I guess we, we should back up a minute and talk about, you know, how these sites make money. So we're there, there, you can kind of build them out quickly and cheaply. And, you know, they, they get to the top of Google. Um, and now the main uh, monetization methods for that, is it, is it all, you know, advertising based or is it kind of affiliate earnings or you're trying to put your own products on these sites? How's, how's that work? Mm-hmm. So you can do any any of the above that you mentioned. Uh, primarily, I have used Google AdSense um, because it's very easy to get up and running and you can monetize any type of site um, with Google AdSense. Um, I've also dabbled with the Amazon Associates program. So I will refer people to Amazon and if they buy anything there, I get a kickback of six and a half to seven and a half percent of that purchase. Um, But then there's lots of other affiliate programs, just depending on what niche you're in. Um, Perhaps you're going to want to sell an ebook or some sort of training program. I've done that as well on some of my sites. Uh, And then I also do have a niche site that because it was doing well, I created my own product. I wrote an ebook or I had somebody write an ebook and and I sell that as my own product now. So you can really take it any direction just depending on what the niche is. Okay, cool. Yeah. So AdSense is kind of low friction and then, you know, building out your own product, a little bit higher friction. Definitely. Um, So let's talk about uh, AdSense, your experience with, with AdSense and kind of this over-reliance on one income source and getting banned by Google. Um, kind of tell me about the initial shock and kind of what you did to get reinstated there. Man, you're going to make me relive, relive these painful memories. I, you know, I've had my run-ins with Google as well, so <laughs> you're not alone. Yeah, unfortunately, I have learned that I'm not alone. Um, so yes, I uh, built lots of sites with Google AdSense. I had a Google AdSense account for about five years, and I don't know, you know, maybe they got a new manager over at Google <laughs> AdSense, and <laughs> he didn't like the way things were going, so he went out and banned a bunch of accounts, and mine was right in there with with the rest. Um, so I did. I got banned from Google AdSense, and and at that point, how much of your income was coming from from them? Oh. Uh, almost uh, all, of, <laughs> all of it. Okay. You know, I had some sites that were earning other, you know, but it was 90% was Google ads. Okay. And this was probably a, like in terms of thousands of dollars, like this was a pretty expensive hit. Uh, a very expensive <laughs> hit. Um, so I got banned in like, I think it was March of 2012. Okay. And, uh, just to give people an idea, I mean, the, Basically, the previous 12 months, I was averaging $10,000 a month in Google AdSense. So, yes, it was a huge hit. Um, it hurt a lot. Um, basically, the way you find out is you try to open up your Google AdSense account to check your earnings, see, oh, how much money did I make today? Uh-huh. And you're met with this message that says, 
basically your account is closed due to invalid, you know, click activity and just this short message, no way to contact them. I mean, it's this generic message that they send to everybody, essentially, that they close their account. Right, they're not not exactly known for their uh, customer service. No, no, there's no phone number, there's no email, (laughs) there's there's nothing, you know, they're just Google, they're this, I don't know, amorphous blob that uh, you can't contact. Um, So it, it, you know, yeah, I sort of sat there probably for like a week in shock, um, to be honest, um, of what was going on. And, um, so, but what I did and, and I starting to forget what your original question was. So, so you, so you're, you're back, you know, kind of in the clear with Google now. So what happened yes. um, to kind of get back in their good graces? Were you eventually able to, to contact somebody there or fix, um, or fix whatever problem they had? Well, no, I never got in contact with anybody, but. What I did is I went ahead and opened up a new account. And I, I mean, if you're making $10,000 a month, you're not going to just sort of say, oh, I give up. You're going to yeah. do something about it. So um, what I did is opened up a brand new business entity. And, and for people listening, the reason I did this is because any individual like uh, only your social security number can only have one Google AdSense account. You individually can only have one account. You can never open up a new account. But each business entity, because it has a different tax ID, can also have one Google AdSense account. So I opened up a new business entity and opened up the account in the name of the business. Okay. Um, is is what I did, and that worked. And there's you know we could go into lots of details about that, but. It was in the name of the business entity, and I got a new AdSense account, and all my sites were still ranking in Google. They weren't actually penalized. The rankings were still there. The traffic was still there. I basically took the code from my new Google AdSense account, put it on all my old sites, and all my earnings was was back to where it was before. So I did miss out on a couple of months of earnings, but then it was it was back once I had the new account. Weird. You know, without any changes to get over, you know, whatever issue that had come up, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, th- there really wasn't any changes. <laughs> um, you know, I did avoid putting uh, some of my AdSense code on some of my sites that you know, just were low earners or I, I was very cautious. I basically yeah, put yeah, it yeah. on the top 30 earners, if you will, at first uh, and then saw how that went for a few months and then started adding it to additional sites after okay. that. Yeah. But yeah, it really didn't make any uh, changes. So I don't know what it was. Like I said, I think it was just some manager, you know, came in, was angry with something and, you know, banned like a thousand accounts one day. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta love the, uh, the lifetime ban with no, uh, with no repercussion, no appeal right. or nothing. <laughs> yeah. N- no way to get back in. So I, I am, you know, it's now been a year and basically a year and a half. I'm still up and running with my new okay. Google ads. Well, knock account. on, knock on wood and hopefully no issues, uh, before you going yeah, forward. Definitely. Definitely. I agree. All right. So let's dive into kind of the nitty gritty, like how, if somebody wants to get started with this, um, niche site side hustle, um, and what are the first steps they should take? Like, how do you go about choosing a new, a new niche to build a site for? So I'm all about keyword research. Um, it's so important to find what people are searching for 
and to find what competition is out there to make sure you go after something that is not extremely competitive. And so I do some initial research um, to find keywords that get at least, you know, let's say 2,000 or 3,000 exact match searches per month. And, you know, I make sure that there's some advertisers in the niche, that there's a little bit of money there. Uh, but then I look at the top 10 results in Google, who's already ranking in Google, and I make a judgment call as to whether I can outrank them. So, so I take a very systematic uh, keyword approach. I, you know, I'm not looking at, you know, anything in particular necessarily that I'm good at or hobbies that I have. Okay, okay. So it's not necessarily something you have any uh, area of expertise in or in, even interest in, but just something that the data dictates should be a profitable uh, niche. Exactly. Yeah, my process is very data driven, and 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 that's the way I run the business. Okay. Let's talk about kind of how you got into the uh, survival knife thing. Like, how many exact match, or like, how did you even like start to plug that into the, um, you know, into the tool? Mm-hmm. So um, the way that I found the survival um, knife keyword is I, I had specifically wanted to find something that had a little bit higher search volume. So I was looking for something around 5,000 exact match searches. But the way I brainstormed initially is I decided to pull up a list of all the different hobbies that there are out there. And so there's tons of ways that you can brainstorm and come up for ideas. You can go over to Amazon and look at categories um, and come up with thousands of seed keywords or eBay. I just you know, decided I'm going to look at a list of all the hobbies that there are out there. Did a quick Google search, found a list of you know, a couple hundred hobbies, and I started going through that list um, and punching in seed keywords into a keyword research tool um, that I use as Longtail Pro that I created. That's okay. You can and plug it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nice plug. Yeah. Play on words there. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I used uh, Longtail Pro and one of the um, seed keywords was knife making, you know, a, a hobby and knife making. And it, it generated tons of related keywords to knife making. And one of those was best survival knife. And that particular keyword got around 4,500, I think, wow. um, exact match searches a month. And uh, so it met my criteria of, of you know, close to 5,000 searches a month. So I started you know, digging deeper and looking at the competition from there. Okay. Yeah. And there's one that's an opportunity for, you know, for a, an affiliate kind of site where it's like you can link to Amazon, you can link to Cabela's or something versus uh, relying on, on AdSense for that one. Right. Yep. I've, I've turned it into an Amazon uh, site. Okay. Okay. So 4,500 exact match searches and now you're, so this is a product one. So that's, you know, pretty obvious that there's, um, there's advertiser, there's, there's money there basically. Mm -hmm. And then you look at who's currently ranking in the top 10 for, for best survival knife. And what did you find? What did you find there? What do you look for there? Yeah, that's exactly what I do. So I know there's lots of other metrics that people might look at, but I only care about the 10 pages on or the 10 results on the first page of Google because uh, that's where I want to be. And so I look at the different metrics such as um, page authority um, from from Moz.com. That's that's sort of a, a metric that tells you how strong this page is. Okay. Um, so that's a big one. I like to see pages that have a 30 or less 
page authority. Um, and then I look at the uh, juice page links, just the number of backlinks that actually hold any weight. Um, how many of those are pointing to this particular URL? Is that also on Moz? And that is, yes, that is a Moz metric as well. Um, is and that, is, I'm sorry, is that free access or do you have to buy a membership there? Okay, so you can get some of the data for free. Um, if you go to opensiteexplorer.com, um, you can do a certain amount of searches each day for free. Okay. It's like 10 or something like that. Okay, okay. So you can get some of that data for free. Um, and where I get all the data is Longtail Pro. Um, so if you have Longtail Pro, you can do as many searches as you want, um, and you'll get all the data you know, right there for the top 10 sites. Sure, let's talk about that for a second. Like how much is your software Longtail Pro? Okay, so yeah, the, the standard price of Longtail Pro um, is $97. It's a one-time purchase, okay. so lifetime license. And so you get basically everything I've talked about so far, you know, the keyword research um, to get all those related keywords. You get the competitor analysis, which is exactly what I'm talking about here. You punch in a keyword and it pulls up the top 10 sites in Google along with all the stats that you would want to look at to determine if it's it's easy or difficult to rank uh, for that keyword. And then you also get a rank uh, checker to you know see where you rank in Google for, for your websites. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, so yeah, the, the competitor analysis, I look at the page authority, the juice page links, um, and the relevance of the titles of the pages. So um, that's one thing that I found for my survival knife example is I'm targeting the keyword best survival knife. There were actually a few different results that were not using the word best. You know, they weren't using best survival knife in the title of their page. And so that was a sign of weakness because I could target that keyword better than they would. Um, I, love, I love that. It was a sign of weakness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to pounce on it and kill it. <laughs> if you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So we yeah, because we're looking for this exact match um, kind of long tail term. Okay. So if there are some people in the top 10 that are not using that exact phrase in their title tag, basically, or in the title of their page or in their article, that's an opportunity. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. And so uh, because if they're not targeting that specifically, um, they might even, you know, be this really authoritative site that has a page rank of five, you know, or six or whatever you might be looking at. But because they're not targeting your phrase exactly, that 
PageRank, that authority isn't quite as relevant because Google ranks based on relevancy. When you type something in Google, you know, when you type survival knife in Google, you don't get the White House, you know, .gov website popping up just because it's a page rank of 10 and it's super authoritative. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, you get other results because they're more relevant. And I know you understand this, Nick, but just for people listening out there. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So what's uh, I guess what separates or kind of how do you how do you respond to like well all the good niches are already taken like how you know how do you <laughs> figure out um, you know what's what's an, uh, an attractive level of competition to see? There certainly are a lot of people out there building sites and there is a lot of competition in different niches, but there's so many niches. I, I don't think it's possible that. <laughs> we would ever run out of a niche to go into. And part of the reason I say that is because every single day there's new niches created. You know, there's new products that didn't exist yesterday that exist today. You know, the iPad came out and now there's suddenly, you know, 4 billion people searching for that every day or whatever. True, true, true. You know, so there's new niches being created every day. You're not going to, we're not going to run out of niches, you know, as the world evolves, so will we. Um, But as far as, yeah, some of the additional metrics, you know, that I, that I mentioned, you know, page authority of 30 or less, less than 30 juice page links if possible, and just weak title competition. You look at those SEO metrics, if the competition is weak there in the top 10, you still have a shot at it. Okay, awesome. And so after that, you, you kind of have gone to this point, 4,500 exact mass searches, weak competition on the first page of Google. And the kind of is the next step to like register a domain name? Yeah. So at that point, once you've decided you want to go into the niche that uh, you will register a domain name, I like to include the keywords in my domain still. Um, so my site on best survival knives is best survival knife guide.com. And, um, because that again is just another sort of signal to Google for what you should be ranking for. Um, and so, yeah, I'll register the domain and then start building the site from there. Would you go, would you still try to go full exact match if you can get it? Yeah, if it's available, I'll get it. Okay. Absolutely. And I know you asked that question because there was an exact match domain update. In the the fall, I think, of last year. Right. And so, in my opinion, Google didn't penalize um, exact match domains. They, They simply took away this huge bonus that exact match domains used to get. Um, so lots of people maybe started ranking a lot lower. That's just because suddenly it was a play, a level playing field. Um, so I'll definitely get the exact match domain um, if it's available because it still does provide just the slightest of, of benefit um, for sure. And it, it's usually nice, clean domain um, that you can get. So n- no, no problem at all getting the exact match domain. Okay. And it looks a little bit more authoritative if you're, you know, if you have the keywords in the domain and as long as you build out a quality content on top of that, it's not going to get you penalized. Right. It's, it's all about the quality of your site, you know, so you're not going to get penalized just for your domain. But if you've got a, you know, poor content and a spammy domain, <laughs> yeah, your chances are not good. Okay. Would you go, uh, would you go like .net, .org? Would you do dashes if, if it's not available? I do .net and .org, no problem. I usually don't do dashes personally. That's just a decision I've made. I know other people do. Okay. Have you found that kind of those secondary 
suffixes are they called like like a dot net or something do they uh, tend to you know, are they harder to rank uh no they they actually will rank uh just as well okay. yeah mm-hmm. very cool very cool so kind of what you know at this point you know kind of building out the content for the site on our new domain is there any like specific action to take so you say you write the homepage article mm-hmm. um but like anything to kind of build unique value, kind of like why, you know, why come here since we're trying, you know, essentially the purpose of the site is to send somebody elsewhere so we can make money. Um, like how do you kind of balance, balance the two and, and figure out how to make, um, you know, a valuable resource? Yeah, I definitely do try to put a lot of thought into why people would want to come to my website, what additional value are they gaining uh, by coming here, and try to create something that can be almost a destination, if you will, where they can get a lot of research done. So for my Survival Knife site, I decided to, as I was doing research, I was finding that um, most of the sites ranking in Google we're simply listing here's five survival knives that we think are great you should go buy these okay and that was sort of the gist of their sites I decided you know what survival knives are a situation where maybe there's not just one best or you know five best it it depends on your individual situation so I basically created this comparison chart where I gathered you know 50 different survival knives and listed all of the different stats on each of those knives as far as price, overall rating, size, you know, weight, steel that they're made of, all, all this different information and put it together on a nice, easy to use, sortable comparison shopping chart. Okay. Uh, and so I made this hopefully very useful uh, bit of information that people can come to and find value in. So that's what I did specifically for that site. For other sites, there may be other things that you can try to do to provide a little bit more value. But it is very important to sort of put that effort in uh, to create something of value. Yeah, I'm checking out the comparison chart now. No, it's really, I think, something that would be very helpful if I was in the market for <laughs> for a survival knife. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so let's say the site is built out and, you know, to get listed in Google, you know, having the the domain and the content is one thing, but, you know, links are super important. So how do you go about kind of building links to a brand new website in a niche that you don't necessarily uh, care about? So link building is a huge topic. um, And it really depends on the type of site, I guess, that you're building, you know, for, because I know a lot of people out there probably only have one site and they hope to only ever build one website. You know, it's their blog, it's their passion, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's what they do. <laughs> For those types of sites, um, I wouldn't focus as much on link building. I'd focus on trying to build a community and certainly reaching out to other bloggers and other people in your niche. And, you know, maybe seeing if you can do guest posting and just getting involved in your niche and then the links will come naturally that way. Okay. But for niche sites, it's usually a little bit different. I'm building a lot of these. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to get ingrained in the community, if you will, (laughs) of survival knives and um, things like that. So I I do have to go out and do some, you know, manual link building rather than getting the natural links. Um, It's just the way it is. And so um, 
there's a couple of things that you can do. Initially, I might just start off with some basic blog commenting, you know, just on related blogs, and that's sort of just like lets Google know that I'm around. Okay. Um, uh, but then um, you can go out and email other related site, you know, um, relevant sites in your niche as well, and essentially tell them about. You know, like here, hey, I created this comparison chart. I see that you and I did this. I saw a few sites that had resource pages. I said, hey, I see that you have a resource page. You know, I'd love to be listed on your resource page. Um, and so you can find opportunities like that. Uh, but a great place to start other than that is to look at the links that your competitors have. So I take the top 10 sites in Google and I'll go over to something like Open Site Explorer Dot com and it will pull up all the you know most important links that this site has and I can go through those and see if I can get the exact same link okay so it's like hey if you're linking to so and so you should link to me too because okay right right and you know those types of links can be a huge variety of links they might have a profile page on a forum that you can create just as well as they created. You know, it might be that, you know, they just commented on some other blog and you can also comment on that blog. So there's all types types of different links and you'd be surprised just by doing that that you can find lots of link opportunities. So that's where I would start probably for most people is trying to get the same links that your competitors have. And then, um, to be honest, the way I do link building is I will hire somebody to do the link building for me. So I will hire either a service that, uh, you know, that's all they do is link building, and I'll order one of their, you know, link building packages okay. uh, and just pay them to go out and build other links uh, as well. So sure. that's basically how I do it. What, um, if you don't mind sharing the name of the service, like how do you... I guess my fear with, with hiring out SEO is that somebody's going to do something black hat and you're going to get banned or you're going to get penalized or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that is a concern. So you, you need to try and do you know research to find good people. And I'm always looking for new services, testing out different services, seeing what works. But one in particular that I've used a few times is layeredlinks.com. Um, and my sites have done well okay. um, when I've used their service. Cool. How much do they charge? They have a couple of different packages, and they are a little more expensive. I think um, it's around $200, I want to say. Okay. Um, and so not everybody maybe can afford that for every niche site, but that's a service that I've hired, and that's basically all that I do, and and it works. Yeah, that's awesome. So, well, you know, if you're you know kind of on track to – um, make, like you said, 600 500 $600, $700 a month mm-hmm. from the site, it's a very small investment to make when you have that kind of break-even window. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's $200 one time. And now, yeah, I fully expect to make, you know, six $700 a month for the foreseeable future. So it's paid off quite well. Yeah, that's really cool. So what, um, <laughs> one question I had down is like, what separates the people, because this is a pretty popular side hustle and Pat Flynn's got his niche site duel going on 2.0 and all this stuff. What's, mm-hmm. you know, what separates the people who can do this successfully versus the people who are going to spend a lot of time and energy and, and are never going to make any money? Oh man, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I don't know. There, 
I think a lot of people just don't have the focus and attention to detail, perhaps. Um, there's certainly a knowledge base that you have to have. And so a lot of people perhaps go into it without the proper knowledge. And actually, I think that's okay. I think people should try to build one or two sites as learning experiences and, and just not expect to make any money. Just go and try and you're going to learn the ropes because you're going to make every mistake in the book. That That's what I did for like two or three years. Right. Um, so that's a big part of it. A lot of people also just don't pay attention to the details as far as are they really finding a keyword that is low competition? Are they really finding a keyword that gets searched for enough? Um, and that honestly, those couple of mistakes, competition and getting enough searches, that's like at least 50% of the mistakes that are made. Okay. Like honestly, people say, oh man, I'm ranking number one in Google. Why am I not making any money? And I say, well, your keyword doesn't get searched for ever. Yeah. You know, it's kind of sad, but it happens. Um, so there's that. And then just being able to stick to it. Like I said, I, you know, I took two or three years to, to figure this business out. Um, so it's not something that most people will be able to pick up in three or six months. It's going to take some time. Um, and you just have to learn the ropes. And so people just won't stick with it. Okay. Yeah. It's a little bit of time, time investment upfront, but then like you say, you can have kind of that ongoing semi-passive uh, income on a monthly basis, which is. Yeah. Yeah. And I should be clear that it shouldn't take two or three years. <laughs> I just am very stubborn and I wanted to do everything myself. I, you know, would never, you know, buy a course of somebody that would teach me. I had to learn it on my own for free. Yeah. No, I'm the same so, way. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so there there are resources, and hopefully my blog can shorten that learning curve for people. And certainly, you know, Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income blog can help. So there are resources that, if people read and really pay attention to, they can be successful on their first you know site. But, anyways, I just throw that out that two or three years is is probably longer than you should take. Sure, sure. One thing I, I meant to ask about, and this is kind of getting you know a little. In, in depth, but like if you're running dozens and dozens of sites, now are you kind of putting your personal branding behind it? Are you saying, hey, I'm Spencer, um, you know, ask me anything about uh, worm farms, you know, like for Google authorship, like, you know, you can get your neat little mug, you know, by the side of your search results. Like, are you doing that? And kind of where do you see the future of kind of their authorship markup and, and kind of playing the role with dozens and dozens of sites? Yeah, so most of my sites, I'm using a pen name. I'm not using my real name, so I don't have any real identity to most of my sites. Okay. Um, one of the few that I am using my real name is the Survival Knife site that we've been talking about, and that's solely because I've revealed that entire thing from day one on my blog at nichepursuits.com where you know I built the site publicly. So everybody already knew it was me, so I just put my real name on there anyways. Okay. Um, and so, but that is an interesting question as far as Google authorship and where that's going. Um, I think for niche sites, to be honest, I don't think Google authorship is going to play much role uh, still. There's going to be certain markets, you know, sort of the bigger blog markets, SEO and you know, these other things where Google authorship is going to play a bigger role. But there's just so many long tail keywords out there that, 
you can write about and target that it's going to be a long time before there's very many authors writing about these subjects. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Like for me, like if I'm, you know, uh, trying to be seen as an expert on uh, part-time entrepreneurship or something, and now I'm also an expert on Buffalo nickels and survival knives and we're, you know, it's kind of like, are you diluting your, you know, authorship authority or something like, I don't know where they're going with this, but yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I would probably advise (laughs) advise against putting dozens of, you know, sites on your Google plus page. Okay. Awesome. Um, Spencer, thanks so much for, for kind of sharing, walking us through this, uh, you know, really detailed process of how to get this done at, uh, you know, a very popular side hustle for good reason. Um, Kind of before we wrap up, uh, you know, one last plug for Longtail Pro. And I guess, you know, aside from, you know, the Google, um, you know, built in keyword tool, any anywhere else, like any free resources that people can use for keyword research? Yeah. So, I mean, the Google Keyword Planner really is great um, and it is free. Um, other free resources. I'm just trying to think. Um, you know, there's nothing that I use. You know, that, that that's pretty much what I use. Um, there are some tools out there that will pull keywords from like Google Suggest uh, for free. So, if, and I don't remember the name names of those, but if you just type into Google, you know, Google Suggest Scraper or something like that. Yeah, I've used one called Uber Suggest. It's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, I think I have used that one. So that gives you a huge list of keywords. It doesn't give you all the search volume and and other things, but you know that's a place where you can get keywords. Um, but uh, there is a free trial of Longtail Pro. It's a ten day free trial if people want to check that out and use it for free. Okay, uh, for ten days as well. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to check that out. And I mean, we could do a whole other episode on like the process of building uh, you know building software as a side hustle. For sure. Yeah. And it's uh, turned into a little more than just a side hustle as well. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's a good little side business for anybody. Definitely. Awesome. So before we wrap up, uh, can you leave us with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation and then also uh, you know where people can, can find you and get in touch? Yeah. So people can find me at nichepursuits.com. That's the best place. Uh, my blog there. Um, I'm also on Twitter at niche pursuits if they want um and my number one tip is to try to be original and be yourself um people often will just try to copy what other successful people are doing you know even me they'll come to my blog and they'll try to do exactly what i've done step by step which is okay but if you're not willing to think outside the box be yourself and try to be original, you could be missing out on a lot of opportunities. So I would definitely just advise people to gain as much knowledge as you can, but then also be willing to think outside the box and do things on your own. Gotcha. Love it. All right, Spencer, thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks a lot, Nick. I appreciate it. Awesome stuff. So many great ideas starting at the very beginning of the process with using Amazon and eBay's category listings to brainstorm potential seed keywords. Um, Very cool. Never thought of that. So what do you guys think of the interview? Let me know in the comments. Hit me up. Send me an email. I'm Nick at Side Hustle Nation. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, I love Spencer's final bit of advice to put your own unique stamp on your project. You know, using other people's success can guide your path, but ultimately you're going to have to take the steps yourself. So trying to be Spencer isn't going, isn't necessarily going to work for you. Only being you will. 
Uh, so as promised, if you'd like to check out Longtail Pro, the powerful keyword uh, keyword and competitive research tool we talked about during the interview, there is a 10-day free trial, like Spencer mentioned, and there's a link in the show notes for $30 off the full version, which will bring your price down to $67, and you can find that at sidehustlenation.com slash episode 18. Now, that is an affiliate link, so if you buy through there, thank you very much for supporting Side Hustle Nation. And for full disclosure, this is not a product I've used myself, so I can't give any personal endorsement, but if you're considering it, I encourage you to check out uh, the reviews of other users online. I've looked at a few, and they've been almost universally positive. So it sounds like a small price to pay for kind of a lifetime license uh, of a tool that can help you get started down the road to side hustle glory. Um, but, you know, it's still up to you to to use it and to put it to work. All right, that's all for, uh, for this week. Um, until next time, go out there and make something happen, and I will see you next week in episode 19. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 